0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome to the show. I'm your host for the first segment, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Right now we've got major indexes all down about a half a percent or so. Look up to news. Pepsi beat by a penny on their earnings report buying back billions and billions of dollars worth of stock. Walgreens may be trying to buy Source Virgin, pretty cool symbol ABC there. Amerisource um, Virgin, they source and distribute pharmaceutical products in the United States and internationally. The only good thing about the flu season is the earnings for probably Walgreens and CVS, right? A lot of visits to those types of places. This flu epidemic is just awful, awful year Hit me! I haven't been sick in five or six years with the flu, and it got me a couple of days. It was it was brutal. Um, Anti Amazon play for sure. As you see, Amazon getting in the world of pharmaceuticals, these companies are going to have to find a way to get together and cut costs. I um, also had better than feared earnings for Under Armour. You don't want that to be in the name of your report, but so so far it's been a great season for earnings reports. When we started the quarter, Q1 of 2018, the estimates for the result of Q4 2017 were 11%. Earnings so far looking like they're coming in about a 14% earnings increase from 2016 to 2017 in Q4. 14%, that's pretty good. Blended revenue growth at about 8%. Now, prior to the correction the forward p ratio on the s&p 500 was 18.5 but post correction with estimate increases and the pullback of wiping out the first 7% that we earned this year on the s&p 500 it's 16.3 so better than it's been in a little while still attractive in era of low interest rates now our rates still low we've had a huge increase 40 to 60% increase in the 10 year treasury from under 2 to that's a big move. That's a big move. And this whole result of what we saw in the first part of the year here, this finally this increase in volatility was very similar to the taper tantrum that we saw in 2013 where rates moved very quickly from sub 2% on the 10-year treasury to 3% and caused a correction. It caused a hiccup in the market. And where were rates a year later? They were lower. Now, you know, maybe in eighteen to twenty-four months, as Ray Dalio was talking about, um, maybe we see another recession. The, the the odds of seeing another recession in eighteen to twenty-four months kind of increase. He says he's we're farther along in the economic cycle than he thought. And what does that mean? He he really ties economic cycles to credit. Credit expands, the economy increases, and then credit has to contract and the economy goes into a recession mode. Every five to seven years, like clockwork, you tend to see declines in the stock market of 13 to 20%. Um, he says that we already saw the top in the bond market, yet we really haven't seen a big, massive decline in a lot of major bond funds. TLT, which is kind of the 20-year treasury, that's been down about 4% since January 26 when the interest rates went up. But BND, which is Vanguard's total bond market index ETF, down about 1.43. Like I said in the 6 a.m. show, I do not like bond ETFs. I like institutionally managed bond funds, unconstrained bond funds at this point in time that can go anywhere. Because you saw, when rates jumped, you saw a lot of bonds, because they were inside ETFs and other things where investors can panic and sell quickly, things went on sale. And a good, nimble manager might have picked up some of those bonds on bargain. Because these types of situations do create bargains, even in bonds, just like corrections create bargains in stocks. I want to remind you that we didn't even have a correction. Look, I mean, this point drop, even though it was the biggest point drop, it doesn't matter if it's a point drop that's large. What matters is what percentage we declined from the top. And... 7% is not really a correction. Now, a lot of stocks got to that 10 to 20% correction range and created buying opportunities. But the typical real stock market correction lasts four months. Where it's a decline that continues on, it just starts to hurt and feel really, really awful of four months. And that tends to happen potentially once a year, where the average decline is 13%. So You have to be able to, look, make sure you're not above and beyond your risk tolerance when it comes to equities, because you haven't lived through a correction in a long, long time. You probably forgot how it feels, and if you're overweight in equities and that correction hits you emotionally, that's when you're going to make mistakes. So, make sure you really take a fresh look at your portfolio. Um, The other thing that I want to point out, too, is that getting a lot of questions from people on, you know, what do we do? In fact, after the 6 a.m. show here... Russ wrote in, I'm 55 years old, plan on retiring in eight years. I'm self-employed and I finally hit the max earnings of my career, but I'm concerned about this new tax plan. Looks like I'm not qualified for the new pass-through deduction and now I'll lose about 25,000 of my itemized deductions. I'm trying to set aside 30% of my savings. Other than move out of California, what should I do? Well, self-employed people might have a lot of opportunities if they have other assets to live off of. So, for example, if Russ is making a really good living, and he's 55 years or older, and he's self-employed, he can sock a lot of money away in a combination of a defined benefit plan with a 401k, where you can put away pre-tax well over $100,000 if you're making a lot of money. And that way, you can reduce your taxable income way down to a point that works. You've got to really coordinate with your financial advisor, your CPA, and the person that does a defined benefit plan called a TPA, Um, But you might be able to get your current taxable income low enough. And then if you have other cash or stocks to live off of to supplement your income, because if you reduce your taxable income so low that you're deferring so much of your paycheck into retirement accounts, you still need money to live off of, right? Well, if you have other sources, other savings to live off of to keep your bracket low enough, you might benefit, where if you're self-employed, you might get that 20% deduction of your net income. We were talking about that when it comes to real estate too. 20% of your net income, unless you make over 157 or 315,000 taxable income if you're married, then it switches to 2.5% of the value of the structure on the property. So this was not a tax simplification package that we received. It was a pure and simple tax cut and this is the most ta- complicated tax situation I've seen in 24 years. So, two, two words of advice. First of all, remember that all of this stuff expires in 2025 unless Congress acts. And if the budget deficit increases drastically, the tax cuts are not going to last. They just won't. We can't afford it. We're on the wrong trajectory as a country when it comes to debt. Now, if we grow at 4% plus over the next several years in a row, maybe we can handle it. But the budget that was just passed didn't have a plan to balance the budget in 10 years in it. So, this is a situation where they're really trying to grow their way out of this. Can we grow? Absolutely. But can Congress control spending? I don't know. So, Number one, don't do anything drastic to change and alter your lifestyle and tax planning just to save a few thousand dollars for a few years in a row. But take the time to do some research. If you own rental properties, if you're a business owner, figure out how it's going to affect you and come up with a good long-term plan. That's that's not too complicated. Don't complicate your life too much. If you're in California working and you're all worried about the state income tax deduction not being available on your federal return anymore, the state income taxes... If you've been paying AMT, you've probably been losing that anyways, and it might not be as expensive as you think. So take a breath, relax, and have your CPA run some projections for you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you want to shoot me an email, it's Chad at ChadBurton.com. That's ChadChadBurton.com. Go there, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes for the podcast. It's all there. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black
0: and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz.
1: And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7.
0: Tied towards Top Gun. I'm tying it towards the stock market. I'm stealing it to making it my own. I'm taking it away from Goose and Maverick. Stocks have entered the danger zone. Um, There's some truth to that. You know, we're still looking at Washington. We're looking at bulbous equity valuations, even though earnings have been fantastic. We're still looking at what the heck is North Korea going to do? And how are we going to respond? little midget dictator has a capability of delivering a nuclear strike to the United States, we think. Whoa. Wouldn't that make him the greatest dictator of all time if he could wipe out L.A.? As far as evil dictators go. And all he would ask is $1 million. So the danger zone's out there, and it's kind of true. We always have it, though. It's called a wall of worry to some. And yet when you look up, you see markets are about to hit Dow 22,000. you're like, that's a pretty big milestone. And it's really not. It's tied towards capitalism. It's tied towards 30 companies. It's tied towards market weightings. Um. just a number. And I bet if you go look at your portfolio, you probably don't have the diamonds in it. You might. A good friend of mine does. I advise him to do that Uh, during the last major recession. He thanks me for it because he got a steal in his opinion and it's done very well financially speaking. So, Are we going into the danger zone? Do you know Kenny Loggins wasn't the first person to think about recording danger zone? It was Toto and Ario Speedwagon, uh, who the Top Gun producers wanted. A lot of actors were in the running before Tom Cruise got the part of Maverick. Who, you may ask? John Cusack. Nicolas Cage. Patrick Swayze, or as I call him, Pat Swayze. And Sean Penn. Would have been a different movie, huh? Mr. Han, I'm so stoned, I can't fly the jet. So during the production of Top Gun, one of the stunt pilots was killed. His plane went in a tailspin before crashing the Pacific Ocean. The film is actually dedicated to him. And oddly enough, Goose, his plane goes into a tailspin and dies. Not in the Pacific Ocean. I would guess it was the Atlantic, but I mean, it was the I don't know. They they kind of made it look like florida but i think it was filmed in san diego so who knows who knows um the director of top gun was fired three different times while filming and he was hired back three different times one time he was fired because he made kelly mcgillis look beautiful while the studio thought she should look whore-ish now let's just look at these five facts real quick about top gun um director fired three times and brought back how many times have you been fired and brought back probably never right how many times have you been told to make a woman look "quote unquote" whorish? Um, and you didn't go straight to HR, and you didn't get threatened with lawsuits.
1: Behave yourself.
0: Uh, stunt pilot dies uh, in filming. That could happen to you. That could happen to me. That could happen to anyone. Uh, every day I work in television news, and I see just randomness and car crashes that take people a little bit too early. A lot of different actors could have been. Playing the part of Maverick, that tells me that, like, hey, you're not the only hot shot out there. There's people wanting your 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 life. My mom so, always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Okay, that's totally fair enough. Uh, Tom Hanks was he rumored to be Maverick? I don't think so, but we'll go with it. Um. But yeah, 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 yeah. So they, there's always things to learn, right? And I tie this back again to the danger zone. I know you're saying, that's kind of a loose tie there, Rob. Um, you get stocks like Amazon who hey, the stock goes higher, the stock goes higher, the stock goes higher. And they report earnings and they do mm, disappointing. pointing. Um, but you could say that about a lot of stocks, right? We've gone from not zero to 60, but we've gone up... Ten fifteen percent so far this year, depending on what markets you're in and what sectors you're you're waiting towards. Um, it should have been a pretty good year. There hasn't been a lot of volatility, and that's typically a bad thing. Volatility is not a bad thing. Volatility is uh, gets people nervous, gets people anxious. Some people buy, some people sell, and it creates more of a market. If I'm the only person who has lemonade in all of California. I'm going to set the price basically wherever I want it to. I don't want to get out of bed today. I want to make $50. Lemonade, white glass, $50. I'm going back to bed. Now, if there's 50 people selling lemonade, I may have to lower my prices. So, volatility helps set prices. So, there's a lot of buzz about oil that's got people nervous right now. There's a lot of buzz over the first Model 3 from Tesla. How's it going to look? How much is it going to cost? Why do you have to pay a thousand dollars to make paint it a color versus black? Um, you get headlines like Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, for just a few hours, um, and it's all kind of silly. But it's all headlines. It's you know, some people are going to go, "That's not good. That guy's worth a lot of money." I wish if he wants to hire me, I'll give him a back massage all day long. So we start like getting kind of stupid when we start seeing headlines like this. President Trump, uh, he might be a 140-character nightmare for this country. He's a showboat. Um, He's a grandstander. But you'd think he'd be a blessing for Twitter, and not so much. Translating his Twitter addiction into profits hasn't really materialized. And you know what's worse is Twitter's user base actually appears to be slipping. So the economy is something we continue to watch first week of the uh, every month, you're going to get the jobs report. That's the most important financial report, in my opinion. So there's 168 hours in a work week. That's another piece of, of data that we look at. Um, how many hours do you work a week? So we're going to look at that when we get the jobs report. You get earnings from companies like uh, Apple, and the stock's been on a run. It's been on a tear. It's been moving up, 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 up. And it's pushing the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ higher. And like, even the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So, long story short, we're not in the danger zone, Goose. But we're flying towards the danger zone. Um, and that's got me thinking, you know. Like when Iceman said, you two really are cowboys. Maverick goes, what's your problem, Kazansky? And Iceman says, you're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in there, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. Maverick goes, that's right, Iceman. I'm dangerous. Do you miss that movie? I heard they were making a remake. In which, at the school, Tom Cruise is going to be the teacher. Instead of Tom, instead of Tom Skerritt. But I don't know these things to be true. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, Facebook, I Hate Rob Black, Facebook, Cron4, Rob Black. Uh, Follow me. Follow me. And uh, there's a seminar coming up. You can always sign up for it by going to RobBlackShow.com and using the code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Dow 23,000. That was one of the things that I saw in the headlines yesterday. Uh, Who cares? It's just a number. Do you own the Dow? Is it your only investment or is it part of your investment plan? Is it part of your strategy? Strategy? Um, does it inspire you to see such a big number? Or does it fear you? Does it put fear in you? Um, those are big questions because a lot of financial media looks at Dow 23,000 as a story. I don't. I look at it as some stocks that some people own, some people don't own. And I don't know anyone who owns a mutual fund called the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, maybe some ETFs but not many people own that pure play. So the NASDAQ uh, has a lot of tech stocks in it, but very few people own a NASDAQ fund. More people own a technology stock fund or a growth stock fund, which there's a lot of growth stocks in the NASDAQ, but it kind of gives us a feeling of what we're looking at. But the big round numbers doesn't mean anything in itself. It doesn't mean maybe growth stocks are doing well or maybe you know 30 stocks are doing well or 20 of those stocks, but not all of them. So it's something to... I'm not going to say concern yourself over, because that's not quite right, but it's something to, to ponder. Bank stocks. The Federal Reserve has started raising interest rates, and when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates as a stock talker, it's typically the time to be buying. Uh, banks make more money. Now, keep in mind, financials have two or three components. I think we can safely call them banks, brokerage stocks, and insurance companies. And there's probably some financial tech, thin tech, that we can probably throw in there sooner than later. And it's called a reflation trade when interest rates move higher. So it's a bullish sector over the longer term, not over the shorter term, because A, they're banks, and banks tend not to be tech stocks, and they tend not to move in spurts. But over the longer term, the Federal Reserve is raising rates really slowly. In the past, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates a little bit faster in the past, bank stocks, when you saw interest rates rising, they were kind of sexier. Now they're not. So there's also, that's step one, you know, kind of a longer-term reflation in interest rates. Step two is something along the lines of Donald Trump and his easing regulation uh, administration. How much will he get done through legislation? How much will he get done through Supreme Court nominees? He's recently talked about potentially replacing up to four total he's already replaced one but he's a he's a tough hombre i hate to use that term his own term against him but when he's predicting ruth bader ginsburg we kind of look at her and we go she's kind of looking a little old and frail we get that we've all seen relatives get old and frail but when he's predicting you know another uh supreme court nominee that her diabetes might catch up to her you're like whoa That's kind of tough. I mean, you could look at him and go, 70 plus. Like, you know, it's going to catch up to you too, dude. Um, You've got a lot of junk in the trunk, so to speak, and uh, diabetes might, like, there's a lot going on there. So, what's going to be his legacy? I think it's going to be deregulation. Um, Initially, you kind of thought maybe the Republicans will get behind and write some legislation, but so far, not so much. Now, again, some Republicans are saying, it took Obama a couple of years to get going, so maybe it'll take him a couple of years to get some of his initiatives through. But the deregulation doesn't take long. You can say things like, you know, if you're an environmentalist, you used to be able to basically sue and settle. If you're an environmental group, you could sue the government and say, you know, hey, you can't do this. And then settle out of court and kind of get what you want, or half of what you want, or a quarter of what you want. And uh, for him to, you know, say, can't do that no more it takes away some of the teeth of some of the regulations that were out there or some of the options. I don't know. This is where I'm starting to lose my intelligence. Um, But bank stocks right now that I think you could still buy because there's two things going on. Like I said, there's the rising interest rates that are slower than they used to be, but there's also the promise of deregulation. Um, And the names are pretty obvious to me that would benefit Bank of America. Citigroup, JP Morgan, and e Trade. And you've already seen a big move in these names, so you're like, I don't want to I don't want to chase performance. But I think the slow and steady interest rate rise should work in your favor as far as sector. Consultant worker rise for taking action on any stocks mentioned. I think that's true. Um, but also I think the president who's willing to take a pin out and cross out regulations should work in your favor when it comes to the regulations tied towards Dodd-Frank and other banking regulations. Um, so I would consider those stocks. Um, but also I also would consult a worker advisor for taking action on these stocks I mentioned. I would also consider, you know, potentially stretching your legs and doing a little bit more research. Uh, do you like regional banks? Do you like national banks? Or do you like international banks? Do you maybe want to go more conservative and go insurance company? If... Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to stretch your legs. Um, If you don't want to stretch your legs and kind of like maybe uh, get into a little bit of already moved up, there's a lot more value in insurance companies. So 800-516-1220. I think one of my favorite images, and this is tough to say, one of my favorite images of the whole Santa Rosa wine country fire and you're like, favorite images? Where are you going with this, Rob? Well, first and foremost, I post on my Facebook page a Charles Schultz comic strip montage that many years ago, Charles Schultz did a couple strips dedicated to Snoopy's doghouse burning down. And it was a pretty emotional piece. Um, but if I were to go you know, one step further, I'd go, one of the things I'm going to remember from this is the Tubbs fire one woman was trying to save her horses and horses are like these amazingly beautiful animals, right? They're tough not to love. And when you see people who have to evacuate in horse country, you're like, Oh no. Like the last thing any of us want to do is wake up to a story where horses burned to death or horses, you know, ran off in fear and trampled a kid or ran off in fear and got hit by cars. So the lady was trying to figure out what to do with her horses And she gets a carrot, and she woos her pony, Stardust, which is a great name for a pony. should be a name of a unicorn, right? She wooed her pony into her car. And like a really really big dog, it just went, Oh, carrot, I'm going to go in the car. To see a pony in the backseat of a car is something that, it's almost just, if you don't smile at that, I'm really surprised. So, and, uh... Have you ever heard of a pony car? <laughs> I mean, this one gives new meaning to that. Am I right? Or am I wrong? So I'm talking stock. I'm talking sectors. I'm trying to do my best to stay on point. I started the sector segment by talking about all the financial ramifications of financial stocks, whether they be banks, brokerages, and or insurance companies and how banks have more growth in them right now and, broker, and insurance companies have more value. But they all benefit from higher interest rates and I'll end on that. Um, as well I should. You can find me online at Rob Black's show. Rob Black show. Don't forget, I always have seminars coming up. And you come to a seminar, you can sign up using the code RADIO25. It's RADIO25. Um, and it's absolutely free. I always have one coming up, and I have one coming up next month, for instance, that you can go to Rob Black show, whether it's Los Gatos or Santa Rosa or uh, San Mateo, San Jose, parts of the East Bay. I always have events coming up. Um, anything you want to talk about? We can talk about. We are in earnings season, so if you've never heard an earnings call, I would highly recommend it. I think it'll make you a better investor. Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley are both higher um, recently, and it's worth you know taking a look at their revenue and take a look at their earnings and take a look at what the revenue expectations were, take a look at what their earnings expectations were, and see what you feel about you know sequential revenue. That's kind of important to talk about in earnings season. So. Not just how a company does year over year, but quarter to quarter can be a great impact. And if you see a company growing from 1.5 to 1.7 million, is that enough growth? You have to look at the sector. You have to look at the growth rates. You have to kind of compare. Becoming a good investor, it's not about uh, being right. To become a good investor, you have to kind of learn to compare. A lot of people want what's right. I was having a salad yesterday, and I'm pretty well known, and I hate it because I just want to have a salad sometimes, and someone's kind like, what's the hot deal. stock you would buy right now? i am like, well, I don't really want to talk about the hot stock I'd buy right now because, like, look at you. You're asking for thong panties, and I don't know if you've got shorts. I don't know if you've got pants. I don't know if you've got a sweater. I don't know if you have a button-down. I don't know if you're a flannel person. I don't know anything about you. So what if I dress you up in all flannel, and you're, you know, a... What if I put you on a sexy, you know, red, skinny, skimpy thong and you're a flannel person? The two are going to clash, right? So, anyhow. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Life is a funny thing. In my teenage years, I was trying to become, I don't know, smart, insightful. I kind of was trying to figure out where my life was going to go, right? And then in my 20s, I saw my dad die. It was tragic. He died way too early. 58 years old. Something that comes back to haunt me later when I have kids and I want to get life insurance. They're like, when did your dad die? I'm like 58. What did he die of? Cancer. I'm like, they go, strike one. So, and they're like, my insurance guy goes, you need to lose a little weight because you can't afford a strike two and still get a good affordable health and life insurance. So, my 20s, my dad dying really affected me. One of the things I did was I was like, I want to be successful. I was already well on my path on that. I wasn't there yet, but my dad never saw me become wildly successful. He would have been very proud. So that starts forming in my head, like, I do want to be around when my kids can see me wildly successful, because it's sad that my dad didn't ever get to enjoy that. You know, he got to meet a couple girlfriends of mine in my teenage years, and he liked them, and he was like, she's a good girl, good job, Rob, kind of thing. So for me, focusing in my 20s on my dad dying, it really didn't dawn on me what that meant until my 30s. And in my 30s, I'm like, I'm working harder. I'm working harder. I'm making more money. I've got real estate. I've got investments. My 401K is doing great. In my 40s, I go to get life insurance, and that's when the life insurance guy goes, ooh, I can get you a 20-year term, but you need to lose a little weight and tell me that story about your dad again. Oh, he died early. That's not good. You don't have longevity on one side. On the other side, you have a mom who's had a couple strokes who's 80-plus fine. That's fine. We'll ensure you till 60. We're not going to insure you till 80 plus because we know that, you know, that's your longevity and your family. It's not great. So one of the big things in my head has always been to, I want to retire. And it didn't really dawn on me until my 40s that I don't want to retire when I'm 60 or 70. I kind of want to take the foot off the gas now. You know, kids grow up fast. You could only miss so many events. And because I do this stupid radio show, and I say that with love and peace and love, and peace and love, um, I don't get to wake up with them. I'm driving in the cold, darkness of of the Bay Area. Sometimes on rainy days, I'm like, I wonder what my kids eat for breakfast. Most people retire in their 60s. I kind of want to take my foot off the gas in the 50s. Maybe I retire in my 60s, but that's my idea. So one of the things that I have to do is I have to address the future today. How much am I going to use in retirement? How much cash? how much saving, How much? Uh, what's my budget going to be, where am I going to live, how, how, how am I going to increase my income? Because every year I increase my income, I kind of get used to it, right? I increase my savings just as much. Planning for early retirement motivates people. And I, I'm planning for take my foot off the gas in the 50s. Circumstances may require that you retire early. My brother Clint, he grew up uh, kind of as a hippie. He's significantly older than me. My parents had kids over a 25-year period. And I'm the youngest boy. My sister's the youngest of the family. Five boys and one girl. Ooh, five straight boys. Somebody hated my mother up there. Um, So not everybody retires when they want to. My brother, Clant worked in Saudi Arabia in his 20s and 30s and 40s. He's got great math skills and great computing skills, and he was able to help find oil discoveries under the ground problem is 9-11 happened and they started cutting off american heads in the middle east and his company didn't want to have him there anymore so they let him go and um it's unfortunate because he loved that part of the world he comes back to the united states as a 50 year old man and they're like we don't want to hire you you're old we want to hire young people old people cost too much to insure on health care old people we want young people we want a vibrant culture we don't want an old culture Something that in your 50s you should start doing as you're heading towards retirement is know that you may get age discrimination. You may not be able to work until 65. You may be cut out of the workforce at 58. What are your last few years going to look like? Have you saved enough? I think you want to start improving your, your relationships. Start being more social. Start fixing some of the family members because you're going you're gonna to need this network of people down the road. They may be taking you to hospitals. They may be taking you. Uh, like You've got to be social. you got to have some friends. you got to have some family. As you, tra- as you age, start traveling. Because when you're you're 50 and 60, you can still do it. But when you hit 70 and 80, it's not as enjoyable. Travel is best when it's unrestricted by time. Absolutely. Early retirement allows for extended travel. It's difficult to schedule when you're a full-time father or full-time worker or a full-time partner. It's difficult to pull off when you're 75 years old and your hips don't move like they used to. Whoa, my hips don't lie. And I, I think as you're... Heading towards retirement, it's important to start thinking about your health. So now is the time to get the weight off so that you don't end up looking like you have to wear a muumuu. The muumuu is not a good look on a man. The muumuu is not a good look on a woman. Start lowering your consumption and your spending, especially if you haven't saved enough. And even if you fail to retire early or take your foot off the gas, you probably saved a little bit more in the process pursuing it. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. You can find me online. Just know that your 20s will paint your 50s and 60s. Your 30s will paint your latter years. Your 40s will decide if you get your foot off the gas before you have a heart attack.